We need your calls. 13.50.353 is the open line number. Give us a call today. Whatever is on your mind and your panel of experts, of course, is Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. I'll say g'day to Ron Duffersey. Duff, how was your weekend, mate? Yeah, it was a great weekend, Dave. Terrific racing at Rose Hill uh, on a, a hard and fast track. There's no doubt about that. And what a day for the Waterhouse bot team and Timmy Clark, um, Group 1, Group 2, stakes race. And... Um, Typical style and home affairs was was brilliant as well. Mm. Yeah, he certainly was. Uh, yet to announce their spot, Coolmore, but you'd think that he would be holding all the aces. Dean Lester, good morning to you, mate. You got uh, a taste of Zaki on the weekend, albeit a small field, but he was very good, wasn't he? Good morning to you. Yeah, morning, Dave. Uh, we certainly did. Uh, he got the job done. Uh, if you think of his second up run last time in, he was actually beaten in the, the JRA plate, so uh, he, he won a Group 1 second up this preparation, so he's, I think he's going along beautifully, and he really hit the mark fourth up uh, in the uh, autumn when he won the Dooming Cup, fourth up he'll be in the Cox plate, uh, and I'm still very happy to be with him. Munns, good morning to you, uh, your weekend mate uh, on the punt, um, did you, how did you find it, um, and did punters sort of find that bias in, in some of those uh, races there at Rose Hill and latch on to a few? Uh, good, <clears throat> good morning, Dave. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Ron. Uh, no, Dave, I'm just still scraping the egg off my face. I uh, I uh, potted a couple in the race here. I didn't think they'd run a place, and uh, I knew I was in trouble after they went 50 metres um, with uh, Home Affairs and Paul Ely there. But, uh, you know, I, I was banking on Enterprise POM sort of carving them up as well. But uh, uh, one thing about the racing game, Dave, you, sometimes you're 100% right and you, you make money out of it, and sometimes you're 100% right and you finish with zero. Uh, but no, I thought it was a great day's racing there. Um, it's just the fact that we had a firm track. I don't know whether it was hard bias there. I just think firm track. You know, I can't believe there isn't a hue and cry. They poor what they wanted to hang poor Dave Anderson down there at Kembla. Um, That's six true. weeks ago when they said, "Oh, the track's too hard. What's what are they doing racing at Kembla? It's a joke. Everything like that." Well, I tell you what, that's the firmest deck we've had at Rose Hill for uh, this year. And uh, I, I can't see anyone complaining about how hard it was. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. You're um, 100% right there. There was a lot of social media about uh, Kimler. Do you think when we start talking about the firmness of tracks and we see that sort of chat duff, eh, there's a lot of self-interest in that in those pots? Um, you know, obviously, uh, we're... We're quick to, to blame tracks than really look at the horse's performance and go, well, it was nothing to do with the track. It was the horse that was no good. Uh, 100%. 100%. We're in a, that's the sport we're in. We're in a self-interest sport, and we try to lead people astray for your own self-interest. Yeah. Um, I, I love hard tracks. Uh, I love betting on hard tracks. Um, some trainers will tell you their horses jar up. Other, other leading trainers will say, I've never had a horse jar up in my life. It's a, it's a fallacy. Um, so... It, it, you know, you get more injuries on on you know wet tracks. I would have thought than 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 dry tracks. Um, racing's been around a long time and running on a lot much harder tracks than these in the old days. I'll tell you. Um, so yep, I, I got no no issue with the track whatsoever. Um, it was uh, obviously as expected. I think most people on good three tracks do their form for horses um, near the speed or up the rails and that's exactly what happened on Saturday. It was a, probably a little advantage being up there but it's only because of the times they're running. Mm. Let's talk about the Golden Rose. Uh, Duff in the Congo, obviously uh, Waterhouse spot, they get that group one. What did you make of the winner and Animo uh, for our punters? Um, 
what, what do you do with that, mate? Did he race like a horse that, that that is looking for a mile, or is he is he you know they reckon they'll drop him back to the Everest? Oh no no no, he won't be going back to the Everest, and he'd be going to the Caulfield Guineas, I'd say for sure. Um, he's he, he was far from disgrace. There's more to come from him. Um, he was uh, you know he just he, he got into a position and they went quick enough for him. So there's no excuses as far as that concerns. Um, it's just one of those days where it was a little bit harder to make ground, especially out in the middle, even though a couple did in the longer races. Uh, so he, he he went well. He went well. He, he should lose no admirers going going forward as far as another couple of grand finals are concerned. You know, he had a setback. He was second up, and he, I thought he was terrific. Um, of the others, I, I, I think he's not a bad horse. He'll be make a good autumn horse, Coast Watch. They, they, they were talking him up after his Ming Dynasty win, and I think they proved uh, he proved them right there. He ran right up to the wraps. Um, he's a real talent, that other horse, but he's, he's got no speed. He's notorious. He, he, he's just mm. he's just uh, his late speed is astronomical, but you, can, you can't do it if you haven't got any early speed. So. I'm interested to see if they step him up to a mile and if he reacts. Other than that, um, I can't say a great deal. Tiger Malay was uh, honest again, legitimate forgive for a mark who obviously he's got a throat issue and a couple others that might want a little bit further. The filly did okay. The Queensland filly, Starontes, up the, in, up the inside. But all in all, the winner was just uh, too tough, too fast and too good. Just before we get to our first caller, um, I want to uh, get your opinion, uh, Dino, on uh, Animo, and also, too, from a Victorian point of view. I mean, Artorias, considering the way that track was playing, he has gone super to run fourth. Yeah, Duff makes the point, though. He just can't get mustering early. But uh, And we've seen Animo at, at Caulfield. I mean, he had his first what, four or five starts in Melbourne. So we know that it's not going to be a problem for him to come down here and I just think being second up, uh, he's got the the improvement to come. Uh, it was an you know, outstanding run in defeat. Uh, good race. I think they, they should dominate the Corvair Guineas, uh, the two of them, uh, Animo and Artorias. But, uh, yeah, certainly uh, Animo, I'm strongly in his corner. Munns, uh, considering the way the race was, you know, all the races beforehand were, were going and, and it seemed to, you know, be favouring that on speed, did they latch on to in the Congo with the tab and, and sort of the big syndicates keen to still take him on? Did they think that maybe with that early pressure he might have folded and, uh, you know, what were they doing with Animo? Oh, Dave, he was very, very well supported. When you consider in the morning he was an $11 chance and he ran the clear second pick in the race uh, at around about uh, $7, $6, $57. Um, he was the best supported runner outside of Animo. I, I honestly thought the way the track was playing, they would have bet black figures about Animo, but it was very, very short, the totes. Uh, and that happens with um, with favourites, with the with the promotion that the tab's got at the moment, with the, the paramutual bet and paying back to fifth. It's it's like insurance. Uh, if you, you find a favourite that's a dominant favourite, and Animo was a, dollar, a dominant favourite in that race there, mm. um, those people that are, uh, are betting there... They're going to make the favourite shorter because they're getting, you know, surely they look at the race there and they, they look at the market and Animo's a dollar ninety chance and it's seven eight dollars bar, and then you get you know quickly to you know the fifty to one chances. Well, they're saying insurance wise that's the horse to be on because it's got to run top five unless it has, just has a major major problem. So that's what's holding its price there on the toad. And t- typically, uh, when they're really hard favourites on the tote there, they don't drift. 
um, as much as you're probably entitled to be. But I was surprised he wasn't black figures. Uh, but in the Congo, definitely the best supported runner to beat it. Mm. All right, we've got Mick on the line, who's going to be our first caller. And if you've got a question for our panel today, sorry, Mark, if you've got a uh, question today, give us a call now. Thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. We'll get started. Mark, good morning to you, mate. Oh, good morning. Look, uh, I thought Rosa was terrific on Saturday, leading racing in New South Wales results. Races two, three, four, and eight served up new class record. So <clears throat> the track was though wasn't that bad overall, and uh, there were five, five trainers were visiting. And, only, and there were two trainers that were local. But aside from that, mate, the uh, head of state turned my head, as I say, on Saturday. And I thought, what do you think about that run? Yeah, he was set up beautifully for it with a, a nice grounding where a couple of, you know, were only second up. And he looks like he'll stay, doesn't he? So I'd suggest uh, maybe the champion stakes, and who knows? Um, he could well be a derby horse the way he, he surges to the line. So. He's on the improve as his distances are increased, so no, no knock from me about him. Beautiful, Mark. Um, just on this race, we'll go to the gloaming guys. So um, what about from a – I'll come to you here, Dino. I know that there was a space from second to third, but gee, this grey horse having his second start, and I know the team, when we've spoken to them, have spoken about the Victorian derby, this Benno. Uh, he did run through that line, that last furlong, very nicely. Yes, he's. Uh, um, I'm a fan. I saw him win at uh... – at Nowra, and then the, on Saturday, he sort of got held, held up, and uh, it was an on-paces race pretty much, and I just thought he closed off beautifully, just got into third, but uh, with more to come, Duffy was only second up there, so there's uh, there's a fair bit in the tank, you would think. And a lovely horse, too. He's a lovely, strong grey, and he's in really good shape, so I, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be a, um, a real good horse in the autumn, mm. um, whether... He, he, how far he goes in the spring, I don't know, but he's certainly talented. He's one of the horses I want to follow out of the meeting, even though uh, he was beaten four lengths, and um, maybe there, you know, maybe that field we might be get carried away. There was a lot out just out of maiden class there, but um, I think he can, he can really, uh, he can really train on that horse. Yeah, I know they're really keen on the Derby Duff. Uh, they're Are keen they? on sort of, yeah, okay. they'll go spring I, champion. I haven't, I haven't heard any comments about him actually, but much from John, but if you're hearing that, I'd, I'd, I'd have to yep. side your way because he's got that lovely pedigree as well. Yeah, yeah interesting, he, both the Spring Champion and the Victoria Derby, uh, the markets on those are pre-nom markets, and mm. the best thing about the pre-nom markets is it's basically a free kick market because if the horse doesn't nominate for a race, you'll get your money back straight away. So if it doesn't nominate, you know that you know they might just think uh, these races are coming a little bit too quickly for them. Uh, but the uh, well, the spring champion market is dominated by the first three across the line uh, in in the gloaming the other day. Profondo, um, yeah, head of state, and also uh, Benno, but, but Allegro and Arnaker, well, they're your top five in the spring champion at the moment. But uh, that's only based on basically the horses that are running and potentially going on to those races there. Uh, whilst in the Victoria Derby market, once again, it's only a pre-noms market here, and Profondo's the equal favourite. Benno's equal second favourite with head of state. Yeah. Mm. Just on, uh, let's talk Profondo before we get to our next caller, who is uh, Luke. So just hang on two seconds, Luke. Um, Profondo Duff, he's just, is he going to be too keen for these, these long, you know, these sort of 12, 10 furlong races? Because he just wants to overdo it. He did that in his early trials as well, but no, I don't think so. I, I think he just come out a little on the black back foot there the other day, and 
and uh, Robbie give him a bit of a bit of a rev, and I don't blame him because he had the barrier to find the one one, and he, he more or less did. Um, but he just he, he he he'll be right. He's just inexperienced. He's he's inexperienced. It's only his second start at eighteen hundred. I thought he did a, a terrific job. He may have thrown it away just through uh, ducking in there and after looking the winner. So uh, it's early days for him. Another one. I'm I'm thinking he's going to be a a really good autumn horse and and what they do with him in the spring is is a bonus but he's 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 a talented horse all right let's get to our next caller on the line oh sorry are you chiming i was just going to say uh manzo's uh derby noms are next tuesday the fifth so uh, then we'll uh, that that will uh certainly uh change and uh for those in the all-in market uh, for the Turnbull today, we're just hoping Moonga doesn't put an entry in because uh, he's going to the Epsom, I think. So I hope they just don't throw an entry in for fun. <laughs> hey, uh, just just speaking of the uh, the Derby, Dino, gee, that um, that Mongolian Khan horse of yours, cheerful moment. He was outstanding the other day at Flemington. He was very good. Yeah, he he raced a lot better. Uh, he's he's getting his act together since he's been over from Perth, and uh, yeah, so he'll run. Middle day of the Caulfield Cup Carnival, and then the the Vars, and, and then the Derby. Hopefully, yeah. Just talking, of the, just talking the Derby. There was a horse that ran near last there on on in that race on Saturday. He'll probably go up a hundreds in the Derby. He's not the worst. He's an improver as well. A horse called Satirical Glory. Um, mm. Who I thought, uh, I think he's got something. That horse, once he gets yeah. over ground. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Sarge has said that too in interviews that that's his Derby horse. So. Um, and and possibly that there's no change with that Geelong meeting, is there, um, Dino? No. Because I know Sarge has always he, he's taken horses that path before that Geelong yep. Cup. They what do yeah, they call he won that? The, uh, he won the Derby trial a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. It, what do they call that race? Is that a, is that called Geelong the Derby Classic. trial? Geelong yeah, Geelong Classic because they had the Derby and Oaks trial and they blended them into one and just That's made right. the Geelong Classic. So yeah, no, it's ten days before the Derby. Yeah, it's $26 Let's go to, in that derby market, Duffin, $26 in the spring champion as well. So uh, it hasn't okay. been missed. No, fair All right, let's, let's go to Luke on the line. Morning, Luke. Morning, Dave. Morning, fellas. How you going? Good, mate. Yeah, good. Look, uh, fellas, I just want to talk about uh, Colette's chances in the Turnbull this weekend. And is her grand final going to be the Caulfield Cup? I think it will be. And I think her chances are... Uh, are solid, and if we get the rain that they're predicting, her chances might be really good on Saturday. But uh, no, I'm I'm very keen on her for the Corvette Cup. But she could uh, she could make uh, a giant leap on Saturday, especially if we get the wet ground. And, and will Damien Oliver be riding her in the Corfield Cup? You know, fifty-three and a half. I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. He doesn't do it very often, but I think uh, he's pretty much uh, attached himself to the saddle there. Okay. Great. Mm. All right. Thanks, for that, Dana. Beautiful, Luke. Um, gee, there's no uh, deal there with Ollie at the moment because he just seems to be the, the Godolphin's man uh, down there in, in Melbourne. Um, Dino, he, he doesn't ride, seem to ride anything else. He's always on in the blue jacket now, it seems. Yeah, yeah, social distancing from other sets of colours, Dave. Uh, he, just, uh, <laughs> he just wears the, uh, the Godolphin blue. No, he's... Uh, He's certainly doing a bit of right. I mean, they share it around. Micro, Damien Lane rode Micro on Friday night, and uh, yeah. Craig Williams rode another one there, and obviously they had two in the race, so he couldn't ride both the other night, but uh, the other day. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's he's doing a lot of... Uh, I think he's doing a lot of work there, and uh, I could see that being a, a long-term association, whether it be beyond 
the days of Damien's riding. I wouldn't be surprised if he took a Darren Beeman-like role in Melbourne that long term. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right, because every time you speak to James, he always brings Damien up. He must mm. love his yeah. opinion and feedback, oh. and he, he he likes working with him. And, and uh, yeah, uh, you, could, you can feel that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, when Damien rides for you, not only you get you know great assessment of the horse, probably been given a great ride, then probably a day later you'll get a call and he'll say, have you thought of this race here or that race? Now, he doesn't, you know, it, it, it's not uh, invasive. He's just He just puts a lot of thought into it. So he's probably doing that much feedback with uh, Godolphin and it's probably much appreciated because he does know the Melbourne uh, t- you know, scene. Yeah, very important uh, for those trainers that can't um, be a yeah. hands-on trainer with the with the dual stables in different yeah. states. You, and COVID. You've got, you, you yeah. got your foreman there, and your foreman's looking at them every day. But, you know, it's great to get an opinion of someone that's on their back. Mm. Yeah, that's. I think that's one thing too, boys, just on that satellite stable, about surrounding yourself by great people. I mean, have a look at the the team who James has got in Melbourne. I mean, you've got Damien Oller and, and Reg Fleming. Reggie Fleming. Um, yeah. You know, Reg, Reg is a, as a genius from what, you know, he's been put through and obviously the connection with Bard, etc. So, I mean, he's, in, he's got horses in good hands. And from a satellite stable point of view, would you say that um, they've been the most successful at it? Darley slash Cadolphin, Dino? Over, over time, oh, with the I know that Hawks, yeah. they were very good with the Inghams, but it just seems like now these days... Uh, they they are the benchmark at the moment. Oh, I think they've reeled it back to. I think the Snowdens really used. You know, the, you think of the Sepoy days, and that they really used the Melbourne stable to advantage when Paul was down here. So, uh, I think uh, certainly, you know, you're looking at uh, the best horses that they've got at the moment as the three-year-olds. Ingratiating and Animo started down here, and uh, I think they they're using it really effectively. And Godolphin and Godolphin just haven't got the Melbourne team. You you look at the the, the people they got around them in Sydney with Darren and mm, Nassim yeah. and Dominic, um, or you know all different roles. And I'm sure there's more behind the scenes that don't get in front of the camera. They, mm. they, they that's what a good stable's all about. And Chris Waller's proven that as well. Well, they're running two stables in Sydney. Yep, they're running Osborne Park and they're running Warwick Farm as well. Exactly. Mm. Sean's on the line. Morning, Sean. Morning, guys. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. That's the way. Mate, uh, Dino, uh, two horses yes, I've been following for a little while now. Um, forgot you who won in the Valley on Friday night. And Floating Artist, as you know, I'm trying to find where they're going to go to now after those wins on the, on the weekend and Friday. Yeah, I think Forgot You, I mean, the plan has always been the Derby. Uh, and... He's a very rare horse now. He's a three-year-old. He actually holds an entry for the Melbourne Cup. I don't think they're going there, but he's still holding a nomination. Uh, but whether he goes to the Guineas or the Norman Robinson next, I suppose because he won on Saturday, they'll go the uh, the Guineas and then the Vars and then the Derby, I'd imagine. But uh, that's where he's going. And Floating Artist, a tricky one. He's just flying that horse. And uh, I'll... I wouldn't be surprised if they stepped him right up in trip because he's he, he's got form up to uh, I think near two miles. I wouldn't be surprised if he had to run in the Herbert Power in a couple of weeks and tried to get a last minute entry into the Caulfield Cup. If they don't do that, well, they'll yeah they'll just keep poking along with him and winning races because he's a uh, he's a very good horse. Beautiful, thanks, sir. Already, thanks, Sean. And you have one more horse. I uh, just want to know, floating artist, can he get, can he get in the cup already, or he's already he can't get in the cup now? Floating artist. No, no, he'd need to win. He'd need to win the exempt from the ballot race, and there's two left, and that's the uh, Herbert Power and the Kunji on the Wednesday. But 
I, you know, it's not the uh, Ma Eustace way of backing them up really quickly. So even a seven-day backup would be hard. So I doubt he'll be running in the Corfield Cup, but yeah, he's it's a bit of a shame because I think he's in the right form that he'd run a really good race and he's got a great racing style. All right, thanks, mate. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks for your call there, Sean. Uh, before we take any more callers, smack bang on 9.30 in Munns, you alluded to this on the social media. There's obviously a lot of chat about the Kosciuszko, but also this uh, second chance opportunity for slot uh, holders in the Cosy with the new Four Pillars race. Um, and the tab have opened a market on the back of the nominations. Take it away, mate. What's the market? Yeah, t- 212 nominations received on Friday, Dave, for the inaugural running of the Four Pillars, which will be run on Golden Eagle Day at Rosehill Gardens on Saturday the 30th of October. These 18 slots were drawn as basically second chance winners in the Kosciuszko draw and 18 people now have the opportunity to pick a runner for them out of these 212 runners to go round for a $700,000 benchmark 68 at Rose Hill Gardens on that date there. And already a few horses have gone uh, in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours, but the market has gone up now. So each of the 212 runners has a price about them, and it's $11 the field. Uh, Conrad for Kim uh, uh, Kim War is the equal favourite with its stable mate, Different Strokes. I tell you what, there's some uh, weird characters in the ownership of Different Strokes there. And there's a bet already of $30 on Darylina Bell for Matty Smith, the other $11 equal favourite. So $11 each of three at the top of the market for the four pillars. Darylina Bell and Different Strokes have already been accepted as slot holders. There's $9 on Conrad. So we have got listeners out there in Radio Land. So $11 each of three. Conrad, Darylina Bell and Different Strokes. Three runners at $15. And again, Chill for uh, Anthony Cummings and Sonnet Star, sorry, forerunner, Sonnet Star for Damian Lane and Verbeck. Now, Verbeck's a maiden for Robert and Luke Price, who ran a very, very good race in the Phoenix over the Winter Carnival in Brisbane. So there's uh, seven runners there at the top of the market, $11 and $15, and then quite a few of them at $26, including Saturday's midway winner, Barossa Rosa for Tracy Bartley as a $26 chance. So all of the 212 horses now have a price about them for the four pillars, and already $434 has been invested by customers in the first two minutes, and $130 the place, Dave. So anyone that tells you we don't have listeners out there on Punters Post more of a Monday, give them an uppercut. Um, that's great that um, the boys and girls could open that and we'll no doubt be talking about that over the next couple of weeks. We'll get to our next caller on the line. Rod, uh, thank you very much for holding. Um, good morning. Welcome to PPM. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Uh, I'd just like to ask a question to uh, Munns and Duff, Ron Duffersey. Is there any, uh, has Robert Thompson retired from riding? I haven't seen him down to ride horses for, for quite a while. I don't think so. I, I did ask that question not long ago, actually. Um, but someone said, no, no, no. And He's still I'm going just... around. I think he had yeah. a ride only a couple of weeks ago. Um, Robert Thompson. He hasn't been riding as much. Uh, His last Robert's ride was, ride was on, on the um, Grand Achiever. Yeah. 
3rd of July. It does get a bit cold for Robert. You know, he likes to get up. He, he well, he usually goes to Cairns. This year he usually goes COVID. to Cairns, yeah. Yes, he gets, to, he gets to all that North Queensland meetings. Janelle Ryan usually gets him up there and Ronnie Ryan uh, get him up there to ride at those meetings. And with COVID, he couldn't go. So more importantly for Robert, not only riding at those meetings, he wouldn't have been able to go fishing up there. <laughs> so he's just home with Jenny and the cows at the moment. I've been home just counting his cash, just um, just, just uh, going through it. Um, all right, we'll keep an eye on, on Robert. I'm sure um, we can get – actually, we might be able to get, um, get on the phone to Gary Harley. He would know exactly what Robert's up to, but I'm sure he'll be back riding soon. Uh, as you said, thanks so much for your call, Rod. Who have we got next, Steve-O, on the line? We've got Mark on the line. Plenty of calls, too. If you've got a question for our panel on the weekend's racing, call now, 13 53 G'day, Mark. G'day, mate. Uh, question for the three guys there. Uh, first of all, hungry heart. Stuff. Yep. Cup, do you uh, I think she's gonna. I think. Yeah, I think she's gonna run in the Epsom. Um, yeah, you don't think she'll get Caulfield Cup? Don't know. Yeah, she she could do. Um, if she's got a terrific hope in the Epsom, if it was dry, um, it's going to be a wet week, so. As far as this week's concerned, I'd I'd love to tip her, but uh, I'd love a, I'd love a good three or four for her. And what Chris does for her next, I don't know. He he may do. He may get her up to the Caulfield Cup. But uh, yeah, I think she's flying. Yeah, one she is you, flying. One for you, um, uh, Dino. Sorry, Bon mm-hmm. um, Vivant. Any idea what's going on with Bon Vivant? I haven't seen him before. Bon Vivant, no. Um, no, I haven't. Uh, um, he's had, had the two starts, and I thought. He'd yeah, uh, well, he, he's uh, he's listed as active, but uh, yeah, we haven't seen him since that Gibson Carmichael, and he did look like the like a bit of a derby horse there, being uh, the, the um, son of Golden Horn. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know there. Uh, that's a, a good old horse would have to chase up. Yeah, it's getting a bit close. That's all. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very close now. Oh. One for months. Months, when are you going to start listing some of your um, prices on, on your declares? Like Sorry? that one on the weekend with the duty. Or Ailey and uh, Home Fair went right away. Mm-hmm. Yep, oh, never I'll made a blue, mate. Never made a blue? Not like that. That was ridiculous. Comment. Oh, okay. Sorry, mate. Well, I won't have an opinion anymore. <laughs> You've never tipped a loser? Yeah, I've tipped plenty. It's some yeah. of your predictions, mate. They're pretty average. Anyway, right, okay, boys, thanks. have a nice day. Keep tuning in, mate, each and every Friday for Punters' uh, panel. <laughs> thanks for your support. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll tell you what, Munns, at least you do, you know, and, and I say this to it, it, the, the three of you guys, you have an opinion. Um, you're not going to be right all the time, otherwise I'm tipping you wouldn't be coming on the radio. You'd be living in the Bahamas somewhere and um, we'd be calling you Zelko or something. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I love it, Munns. You put... One thing about um, Glenn, and in the three of you, I know this for a fact, you put um, your money where your mouth is. Um, you were very adamant. You, you Obviously, you said it before, Buns, about enter, Enterprise POM. You you obviously thought there'd just be a carve up in front and something would go whoosh. Yeah. Well, it, and um, it was very interesting. Go back to that point there. Brad Davidson raised a point uh, here a couple of weeks ago. He said, when you're betting early... It's an advantage in a way if you're backing on-speed runners because if there's scratchings, there can be less speed. If you're backing a back marker, the scratchings could affect, there could be no speed. So if you're backing a horse that's going forward, 
um, you know, any speed that comes out is an advantage to you. Well, I was thinking there's going to be plenty of speed there and one of the main speed runners comes out. So that affects the speed of the race. And what happened? Well, you know, um, you know, he just carved across and dictated the race to suit himself. Mm. Uh, is that Everest worthy, Duff? Um, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a big, it's a big ask. Well, I've been wanting a <coughs> three-year-old to um, accept just for that X factor, and he—he's the one that's put his hand up. I, I would have thought he'd have to draw a barrier where he could just, like he—he he did fire him up out of the barriers there, and it's probably not his style. So, if he could relax behind, you know, two lengths behind, you know, those those big guns up the front there from a good draw, he—he he could well be uh, Everest worthy. And so would pull all that pull early, I would have thought, with his finishing speed. Mm. Um, just while we're on the sprints, Wild Ruler locked in. That, and we'll get to our next caller just shortly. So just hang hang the line there. But let's talk about the Moya, uh, Dino. Um, what about Buckets? <laughs> Comes back from Singapore, um, gets his first group one the other day uh, for the Buston Young team and then goes bang again on Friday night. It was a lovely ride to get Wild Ruler where he did. What did you make, though, of Profiteer as well? Uh, yeah, it was a, the Moyer Stakes. Uh, I think Manicato's the last time I tipped the winner in the Moyer Stakes. I just never get it right. It's uh, high-pressure races. Come on, Come on mate. In the you, know, you tip losers. Yeah, and oh. happy to admit it, Munns. Um, uh, but uh, it's just, you've just got to be in that absolute right spot, and that's what uh, Wild Ruler got. He got the beautiful spot where Profiteer, I think Profiteer needed the rail and not pressure either side of him. And once Ballistic Lover, who is, who is a speedy horse, kept kicking up, um, I thought he might be able to just cross her, but he, he couldn't. And then he had the one on the three wide line, just, just annoying enough. And uh, from there, I thought he was very vulnerable. And it was just a matter of Wild Ruler getting the neat run on straightening, which he did. Uh, the Inferno, terrific. Uh, really pleased that he's got an Everest, Everest spot because... What we've seen of him so far is two fresh at Caulfield and two runs at Mooney Valley. Now, he'll go much better on a big track. He'll go much better at 1,200 and uh, in a high-pressure race like the Everest. Uh, he won't be able to place the, the Inferno. He'll run very well, and trekking uh, is a constant. I think that was his maybe his fourth go at the Moyer, and he, he ran well again. But, uh, no, I think the Inferno, uh, I was very pleased he was snapped up Saturday morning. Let's go to our next caller. Gus is on the line. Morning, Gus. Hello, how are you going? Um, hi, Glenn, Dean, Ron, everyone else. Um, just a question. I read in the um, Sunday paper that Tab paid out early on the Cox Plate on Zaki. Mm. What is the advantage for the TAB to pay out early? Well, it gives the customers that are already on Zaki a bank uh, to uh, have a bet on another race. Uh, they may they may even have the opportunity to load up. They could have loaded up and taken $2.30 about it again. Uh, prior to its win on Saturday in the Cox Plate. But, mate, it, it's it's the nature now. Um, similar to you're not allowed to back a loser anymore uh, because you get your money back. Uh, but it, it's just the nature of, the, of business now. There are different things that are done um, to, um, you know, get your customers. And more importantly, not only get your customers, to, to keep your customers. Customers are basically demanding these sort of actions that are taken. You know, old style bookmakers and the like, they'd be turning in their grave. There has never been a better time in the history of the world to be a punter at the punter, moment yeah. because you are not allowed to back a loser and do your money. Okay. 
looking for one. Mm-hmm. I can soon do that, no trouble. Hey, can I just ask about one horse, a horse called Splendiferous, um, trained by Gay. Is it, is it going to the major races? I don't know. Um, she's poking away okay, but I'm sure if she's going well enough, they they won't die wondering. Um, she'd probably step up next time. I, I, yeah. I thought it ran a good race up in Queensland in the, I think it was the Derby. It was unusual that a horse of gaze gets ridden from behind, and I thought it came home very well in that race. Yep. Keep an eye on uh, it's accepted to run on Wednesday and the Kensington track, mate, in a 1,400 metre race, and Timmy Clark will ride it. Good on you. Thanks very much. Gary Harley's been listening, boys, on his way to Tamworth. He says, uh, just uh, to phone Tanya, our producer, and said, Robert Thompson, just taking a break. Absolutely no word on retirement. Uh, if and when it happens, Gary will be first to know. He'll have the exclusive. So, uh, no, Robert just having a little break. And I think Munns uh, hit the nail on the head with the warmer weather. We'll see Gary back over the summer period. Uh, not Gary, um, uh, Robert back. Uh, now, our next caller on the line. And give us a call, as I said, uh, 135353. Pat's on the line. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, gentlemen. Look, uh, two things I'd like to quickly discuss with you. Number one, Maddie Hill. I, I'm 72 years of age. Uh, first time I went to the races was 1962. Uh, Ken Howard was my idol. I could not believe... I actually went up the old grandstand before even the Queen Elizabeth stand was built, which is now gone, and he autographed my book, and it was like meeting Elvis Presley. And I, I got to follow races at the age of 12, and like that caller the other day, you know, young kids were hanging up uh, penthouse playmates in, in their bedroom, and I was hanging up... Martello Towers and, and, and all these great horses, Tullock and Burnborough, on the wall. But in all the years, uh, Vince Curry, uh, Ian Craig, Johnny Tapp, I'd have to put Maddie Hill there as the number one caller I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, great caller, isn't he? He's a great caller. Oh, he's so accurate. He doesn't, doesn't get muddled up. He is just brilliant. In photo finishes, he's brilliant. You know, he is just the perfect race caller. And I think all race callers uh, up and coming should listen to Matty Hill and say, this is the guy I want to, uh, you know, duplicate. He is the one. We're blessed. Thank you very much for your call. We are blessed, gents, uh, with race callers. Um, And that's one thing about our Friday montages I've been doing, you know, playing these old calls. Um, obviously, we've got Darren here in uh, in Sydney, but um, I mean, sometimes you forget how good Mark Sheehan was, um, especially for our, you know, you're in play punters that you know want to play that way. Um, and Matty uh, Hill's that, very good. That's yeah. what he's really brought in. Yep. Like he, he's really spotting things in a race. You know? Yeah, and yeah, and uh, no, it's, it's tremendous. Um, all right, let's go to our next caller, Jim. We've got a stack of calls this morning. This is really good, guys. Uh, for Punters Postmortem on this Monday, our next caller is James. G'day, James. Dave, how are you, buddy? You well? Good, mate. I'm well. That's a shot. Hey, uh, have you guys got any uh, uh, update or an opinion on where Artorias might go next? That run on Indeed. Saturday was unbelievable. Uh, I've just been just sort of uh, earwigging on Melbourne radio that uh, he may be, it's undecided whether he goes to the Guineas or freshens up to the Coolmore yet. So, uh, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. so there's, you know, that'll be announced through the week, I'd imagine, because it's, uh, it's only Saturday week to the Guineas, but uh, he won't do both, but he'll go one yeah. way or the other. What would you do, okay. Dino, with him? Gee, it's an interesting one, Dave. I think the low pressure of down the straight and, and building his speed would... I think he's, you know, he looks an ideal straight horse to me. Mm. But uh, 
the guineas and then is there that lure of even having a go at the Cox Plate this year? You know, I'd, it would be a really tough call for them, um, uh, Yeah, I think, uh, going if, forward. If, 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 if the guineas was at Flemington, do you reckon it would be immoral, though, to go to the guineas? Is it just Caulfield that would be um, their sort of... You know, I know he's won there before, but is he, he just seems to wobble a bit, doesn't he? He can't sort of relax and really oh, let he got go. an awkward spot from that inside draw in the McNeil, but he cut through the fear pretty well on the Blue Diamond. I think yeah. it's just a matter of the speed on. The speed was coming back in his face at Caulfield, and he had to switch around heels and, and got very awkward. But I think if he flowed into a race, he'd be fine. And... Uh, the likes of Lightsaber and Mr. Mozart likely to be in the guineas. I can't see the guineas being run at a slow speed. So um, all of a sudden, you know, then you know, that might suit him. So, look, it's a, be a nice dilemma to have, but it, it is a dilemma which way to go with him. Geez, it's going to affect the Caulfield Guineas market because at oh. the moment, Animo's two fifty, Artorius is $5, yeah. and it's $15 bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, James. Let's go to Steve now. Uh, g'day, Steve. Hey, good morning. Dave, Duff, Dino, Munz. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm just asking you a question on Friday night there, fellas. Mate, turn the radio your radio off. off. Yeah, you're on a delay, delay, mate. Yeah. Ah, you all right. I'll just turn it down. I was just asking you about that Moya Stakes there, that Inferno, Wild Ruler. They're going to the Everest, are they? You just spoke about it before. Yeah, Wild Ruler got signed up too, didn't he, Duff? Did yes, he yeah. did. Yes. Yep, yep. They both will in. not yep. run if the track is rain-affected. That's in the yep. clause, in the contract. Okay. Yeah. I had a few dollars on Portland Sky. I thought he, he, he ran a good, pretty good race. I don't know whether he liked the Valley. Yeah, he's won there before. Um He's better. Tw- he'd be better at eleven or twelve hundred. Uh, got a bit of ground to make up. Um, yeah, just don't know if he's come up this time in. Just thank nah. you very much. Thanks for your calls. To- hey, just on that, um, Adino and Duff Munns. So it's in the contract, right? No uh, wet run. Um, let's say it's fine, 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 fine. Gets to Friday night and pours rain. So w- rain affected track on the Saturday. They. They can't then select a horse overnight. They'll have to then pick they one of the scratches. The emergency. Don't the they? emergencies. They can scratch. There are emergencies declared in the Everest. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they won't. Do you get a pick have... of the emergencies, or yeah. is it just yes. the first? How does that emergency? work? The slot holder picks the emergency that they want to replace their horse. Okay. That but it's only from a certain. It's only well, from be, a certain be... pool of horses, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they can't just be racing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's usually the horses that are nominated for the 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 Sydney Stakes Sydney Stakes yeah yeah right so do they have a choice of uh, is it just a two horse they've got to, like do they have any 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 decision over what horses they can pick as an emergency like you can't just no, have no, a plethora no, of horses emergencies are declared I think the top five rated horses out of the Sydney Stakes yeah. uh, let me find the actual conditions of the Everest I'm gonna have a look at last I'll tell you. Yeah, no, I'm just curious because if you if you, that's a that's a big gamble. I mean, you're sort of leaving it with Mother Nature, but what if you sort of left yourself open to a situation where you didn't have a you know what what if the the, the emergencies weren't rain um, affected up, track horses yeah, yeah, themselves? Dave, up to six emergency runners may be declared for the Everest, um, and they're declared by Race New South Wales, aren't they? So or last year. By- so last year they were deprived special rewards, standout, and tactical advantage. I imagine they were the four highest-rated horses in the Sydney Stakes. 
yeah, looking the at the weights. The to be declared as yeah, emergencies. Were, the Everest will be chosen by the Everest Committee, which right. is Racing New South Wales and the ATC. And that declaration of emergencies for the Everest will be a list only and mm. not necessarily an order of entry in yeah. the event of a scratching. Right. The slot licensee is permitted to select any one of the remaining available declared emergency horses at its discretion. Very interesting. Okay, beautiful. Uh, our next caller's on the line, and uh, we've got uh, Chicka. Morning, Chicka. Uh, g'day, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'd like to give uh, Dina a cheerio for uh, Hospital of War on, um, on the weekend. Jeez, uh, I've never heard him so confident. And uh, I'll tell you what, it was a very easy watch, Dina. It was a very easy watch, Chicka. Uh, it was going to win a long way out, Hospital of War in Adelaide, and uh, he got out to a reasonable price. He, uh, yeah, mm. he sailed home. Thanks, Dad. Oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah this is a stitch up. Yeah. yeah. I said, no, it's not a stitch up. I'll tell you something. All the all the all the each way prices and everything he gives you. I know he doesn't bet each way, but if you back them each way, I'll tell you what, you'll end up a long way in front. And the Friday segment, uh, he gives it to all the young fellas. And uh, you know, I think it's fantastic and I think it's good for the game. Thank you very much for your call, Chica. Well, it is glory, 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 yeah, glory. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a real yeah. South Sydney name, yeah. Chica, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. no, I think you can certainly oh, say you polarise uh, listeners. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, and that's why we have Muns on the on yeah. that panel, because we've got, um, and we're going to have that same panel again this Friday looking at the Epson of, of Davo and Dino um, and also Marla. It's good having the, the three young blokes on there, and I think it's good Muns gives it to them. The other thing, too, which I like about the four, and I've got to say, this is, uh, my gripe for the weekend to our social media tipsters out there who tip four in the race it's wonderful that you're tipping four but we've got to drop off this if you've tipped fourth getting on there and saying well I tipped the winner um, no, no you didn't you had it in your numbers you had it in yes. your numbers can we just drop off the you know I hope people followed this for fourth and we had it in the numbers because you know, and, and, and all this other chat about, uh, look, I understand strategies and plays and whatnot. And I've had this conversation with, with Brad Davidson, um, you know, in, in there. And it's not only Brad, it's, it's everyone. It seems to be this new age thing. But you go to your local and you do a survey of our punters out there. Now, I know strategies are great, but at the end of the day, our punters just want to back a winner. They're $10, $20, $30, 40 They're in punters clubs. I think... Um, yeah, we've got to, we're, we're losing touch with our core, which is just uh, maybe okay. making this all a bit of fun. Anyway, that's just my personal opinion because uh, I love using the Twitter, but I tell you what, I've got to drop off at some weekend because yeah. it's just <laughs> just too much. Macca's on the line. Morning, Macca. Uh, g'day, boys. How are you all doing? All good? Very good, mate. What's your uh, What's on your mind? Um, first of all, uh, the yesterday, I think it's Bathurst, the Panorama, um, with Roddy Northam, he had a great day. Yeah, that first, the winner in the first had the Benzo. It looks very good. But um, Spirinac, should we just be piling in now for the Cozzy or not? Because that was a super win. It was. Uh, did any of you boys catch Bathurst yesterday? I mean, it just she blew them away, carrying the fifty-eight and a half. Um, well done to the club too yesterday on uh, on that race meeting. Uh, that's uh, something they really want to do is is have those races. I think that's a big sign for the future too. I might come to you here, Munns, um, on. 
what maybe we need to do leading into next year's Cozzy. I think maybe uh, the handicappers and the team at Race New South Wales, if they put on those sort of races with those sort of um, handicap conditions or race conditions, they're going to get really good fields uh, for those cup meetings. Well, Dave, what it is, it makes it actually, uh, in inverted commas, a qualifying race for the Kosciuszko because you're getting to meet similar grades of horses from the country against each other and you can you can measure them up now you know Spiranak you've got to remember she won the the 100 Northwestern championship race and then went to the country championship off the back of that so you know she had some solid form but you know we'd only seen her once back from a spell that was at Randwick in a, a benchmark 70 78 and she finished midfield there she didn't go too bad but she she dropped back in grade realistically uh, to that race the other day uh, yesterday, I should say, and um, you know it was a race that was put on for her with the amount of speed and everything like that. And she's twenty six dollars into fifteen dollars now for the Kosciuszko because. And you've also seen a, a runner in form. Uh, we've seen Art Cadot trial this morning uh, at Hawkesbury, so you know he he, 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 mm. he more than likely going to go into the race first up. At least you see these horses that they're up and running and yeah. they're going, which is going to make it easier. Uh, I noticed. Um, Neil Osborne's main lodge this morning said, well, you know, do we add one extra runner to the Kosciuszko and make it a qualifying race? And that slot holder becomes a charity or something like that for, I like for that the Kosciuszko. That, that's I like a that. very, very good idea. Yeah. And, and I mean, with the popularity of the race, uh, well, just actually on this, why is 14 the number selected, Munns? Have they done the mathematical, you know, decision uh, that, you know, 14 is the optimum number, <clears throat> pardon me, the optimum number for wagering, etc. I, I don't know, Dave, why, why, why 14 was the, the magic number because if you look at the, the four pillows, 18 is the number there. Um, you know, whether or not... They, well, they tend to have the rail... I'm just trying to think because it's a... Um, Rail's always true, isn't it? Oh, sometimes I never stay. It can, no. can go out, can't it? What's yeah, it coming out? Go out. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. usually do. Yeah, yeah, about six sometimes, I thought, mm. one year. And whether or not you're restricted there... Uh, from that 1,400 start, just depending on where the rail is. Yeah, probably that's the reason. All right. All right let's get to our next caller on the line. Loving these calls today, guys. Really appreciate everyone ringing in. We've got Ben on the line. Morning, Ben. Morning, Dave. How you going today, mate? Yeah, I'm well, mate. Mate, um, probably sound like I'm brown-nosed in the Glen, but I just want to give you a bit of a wrap. for on, um, Another Saturday one? Morning. Yeah, well, <laughs> Saturday morning, um, they were going through the markets, and then the gloaming, you mentioned that a cheerer was scratched from... The gloaming to run in the, at um, Goulburn. First race of Goulburn, 10 to 1. Led all the way, you beauty. Well, there Thank you go, Munns. Thank you. Are you a Rabbitoh supporter as well? Nah, ben? I'm a Rabbitoh supporter, actually. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I'll, I'll tell you, you who is a Rabbitoh supporter, the trainer, well, the co trainer of Achira, uh, and uh, Lee Curtis, and his wife, Cherie's a Penrith supporter. So, how'd you like to be in that household this week? <laughs> hey, I've just got a text here from Chris Roots. He said, Ever- uh, true on Everest Day. So Epsom will be true. Spring Champ will be out six, and then Everest true. Um, it was true last year on Everest Day as well. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know why the, the four... That'd be interesting. I'll have to, we'll have to find out why the 14... I'm sure there would be, there'd, be, there'd be some reason behind it. Maybe it was to do with the slots as well. I guess if you, if you have more than the 14 spots, say, for the Everest, well, it's not going to be... Uh, what million it is now, it, it'd potentially be worth more, technically. I wonder if they'll oh, look the at expanding. A 12. A 12, sorry. But I wonder then if you know if you had it at 15, well, it wouldn't be the cost. You'd have to have it more in terms of price. 
Surely more, be... of a, more of a tail though, wouldn't there? At 14, 15 runners or something, it'd be. Oh, yeah. How many? How many good sprinters can you have? Let's get to our next caller on the line. Uh, we've got uh, Mark who is joining us. G'day, Mark. Oh no, he's disappeared, uh, Mark. So if you've give us a call back on thirteen fifty three fifty three, Dino. We haven't even touched on on well, we did it right at the intro, but just on this race with Zaki. Um, I know it was a sit and steer, very very short in the marketplace. Um, did you get much of a guy? Like, is the Cox Plate done and dusted, or are you? Have you got to worry about Mooney Valley, or is he just is it just gonna gonna win this race? There's nothing that can knock him off. I think it's done and dusted. Uh, just quickly, yeah, the Everest, the very first year was six metres and true for the rest. Okay. Uh, I think um, I think he'll just keep building into his work. As I said in the opener, uh, second up he was beaten in the JRA plate, then he went to the uh, Hollandale and won, and then the run that we all remember is the Dooman Cup, and that was fourth up, and I think that's probably where he's aiming. He's building uh, Caulfield Stakes in two weeks, and then two weeks to the... Uh, to the Cox Plate, I think they've got him into a beautiful rhythm. Uh, Saturday was run a little bit stronger tempo than I thought it would be, and uh, he had a bit of a look around. And uh, I think uh, I, d- I don't think the Valley will hold any fears for him. He's run on some very unusual tracks in the uh, Northern Hemisphere, so now I think uh, he's deserving of top seed. Uh, very elegant. I'll obviously dispute that, and maybe Animo will dispute it. And uh, uh, State of Rest is the international that arrived uh, with Gold Trip. They arrived on Saturday night. So they're in Melbourne, uh, and they create a bit of interest. State of Rest is a uh, is a good on-pace running sort of horse, so uh, yeah, he, he could uh, inject a lot of interest into uh, the Cox Plate. A couple of uh, texts here. Um, we've heard a lot about on Trevor Year uh, before last uh, last Saturday, Duff, uh, and Jamie Richards saying, no, no, no Everest. Uh, we're very, very keen on the Invitational, or, and uh, hopefully we get an invite. That run was very good on Saturday, of course, considering how that track was playing, wasn't it? Excellent. Yeah, a terrific run. Um, she did more than enough to uh, probably uh, be one of the leading chances for that, the invitation. Um, no, she was, she was, she was good. Uh, there was the, there's not much between that bunch there. It's, uh, that looks the form for the invitation. You, you know, your, your ice bath there, Nima Lee uh, was good. Uh, so um, they can all head there with confidence. I would have thought uh, getting in, an invite. I was quite interested in Shalot in um, Shalo. Oh yeah, geez, it was good, wasn't it? Is she worthy of an invitation? She did come for the uh, Coolmore and was all backed off the map and got a mile back there when she had her only other run in Sydney. But that, I thought she was she was lethal, savage in the line there, Dino. Which one, Duff? Sorry, my mind Sh- just Sh- yeah, Archie's horse. Oh yeah, yeah Archie's she's. Horse. Um, She's so good fresh. It was really hard to get a guide because she trials so moderately uh, and mm-hmm. she did it again this time. But then race day, she just lets rip and, and goes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know uh, where her next run will be, whether it is at the uh, you know, a race like the Invitational or she goes to the Empire Race. I just hope they keep her fresh. I hope they just, you know, okay. her next run is in a big, in, in a big grand final because uh, she seems to be so much better when she's on the fresh side. She's four for four first up now. She's only yeah. won five races in a life. Exactly. Boys, we need some horses to follow uh, for you. Gee, that's flown uh, that uh, that hour. And I appreciate all the calls on 13.53.53. Um, Duff, what are your horses to follow from the meeting? Yeah, I, I forecast earlier, Benno, um, and uh, those couple of mares out of the last race that have still got more improvement to come, um, Kiku and Grayson Harmony. Beautiful. Uh, Dino? 
Uh, Minsk moment from the uh, the Wallace Stable Friday night, winning the first yeah. race. Um, geez, he was nearly on the deck, and mm. two strides later he had the race won. Uh, it was incredible the way he picked up and accelerated and beat a pretty handy field. So uh, I think he's uh, he's a very smart horse. Uh, and first two races at Sandown Saturday, how romantic. Uh, she'll win one of the mayor's races at Caulfield over the Carnival, whether it be the North of Plume or the Alinghi. That's uh, ideal for her. She loves Caulfield and well. And uh, Embolism, who resumed as a gelding and was ridden up on the speed in a very fast race and, and held on well. Yeah. Uh, he might be starting to... He might have a preparation where he fulfills his potential. He ran fourth in the Australian Guineas in the autumn. And what about you, Munns? Oh, only two runners, Dave. Home Affairs and Paul Early. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, I think a horse that is very, very well suited to a race like the Four Pillars, Papali. Went round in that Entrevier race. She is a benchmark 67 horse going aground against benchmark 95 and above horses and was very, very good there Saturday. Papali, she's got a race in her, a right race for her. I've been on ice bath the last couple, so she's not getting out of my stable. Uh, a very fine red, uh, the horse that I did like in the heritage there, I thought was excellent. Uh, back towards the inside and Grace and Harmony, a horse that I've highlighted here before in the last. Gents, have a wonderful week. Um, stay positive. We've got great racing again. Uh, of course, uh, Epson and Metropolitan here in Sydney. Uh, down south, what have we got? The Turnbull Stakes. We've got uh, the um, the Flight Stakes as well here in Sydney. Uh, it's Arc Weekend too. So if you're international friends, you're going to have racing on late uh, 1 o'clock on Sunday night. And there's a big race too in New Zealand. So plenty to sink your teeth into. Uh, and then before you know it, we'll be into that Caulfield Guinea Spring Champion, Caulfield Cup, Everest, Kosciuszko. They're all on the way. Uh, a good uh, period coming up for racing. So, Dave, so. you'll have Brett Devine on here tomorrow morning with the fields for the Epsom and the Metropolitan. That's right. Uh, I've spoken to Brett and he'll be locked in. So you'll hear the fields first here on Sky Sports Radio for, of course, uh, the uh, Metrop and uh, and Epsom and I'm not sure if the barrier draw will be um, you know straight away. Last yeah, week they announced the field and then it was computer. Yeah, it's um, usually a function. So yeah. I'd say they'll, they'll announce the fields and probably an hour later. And they're the only two fields that'll come out tomorrow. The flight and the rest of the races on Wednesday. Yep. And over four thousand has been invested already on the four pillars, Dave. Beautiful. Uh, I noticed Darla had a little bit of money for that. Darren Flindell might have uh, let go and the, the boys yeah. from the Donny. I uh, see another as one as well. Um, Kiss some the the horse of Tracy Bartley's. I think's had some. Yes, it won a the other day. It's had support. Yeah, boys, have a great week. See you guys. Thanks, Dave.